Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick, or Padumaro, and Ben Gracier, back in the dark in the data mining team. And this week, we have another special guest, John Holio. John Holio is a frequent Discord contributor, Tuesday night eternal grinder, and a streamer with, some might say, a slightly inappropriately positioned camera. So welcome to the show, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this is episode 34. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. This week, we're going to talk about how our draft week went, some announcements, card of the week, seven win run breakdown, and then we're going to review a draft like usual. So to begin with, uh, John, how was your draft week? Uh, well, I mean, it's been a spicy week. Uh, you know, new set came out, so big shakeup, a lot going on. I'm having a ton of fun. Success? I mean, some, but I, not on the seven win list just yet. Not mm-hmm. on the seven win, you know, on the list of uh, seven win contributors just yet. How many drafts have you done about of the new format? I want to say about seven. I haven't been actually keeping track or anything, but I, I think probably about seven. They've been across the board. I've, I've had some ones, some twos, some threes, I think a five or six, but no sevens. So they've been kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, my decks have all looked pretty good on paper. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I've been experimenting a little more uh, just with the fun new cards and everything. And I'm also doing a little bit of rare drafting type stuff. So, mm-hmm. Have there been any, any decks that have really stood out to you? Uh, like, uh, both on your side or the opponent's side. Oh, absolutely. I, I've been crushed by some ridiculous combos from some fellow farmers and other typical names you see on the top 100 mm-hmm. uh, lists on the draft side. Um, and and I've, I've beat some decks where I was like, that was incredible what they just did. And then still, it just didn't matter in the end. And, you know, your draw strength just wins it or whatever. So, yeah, both both sides. Like, it seems like it's a pretty high power, high synergy type format. But at the end of the day, you know, high variance maybe format. Hmm. Yeah, that's been my hot take so far. So um, I've been, you know, I've been going over the new seven win lists, and I've been I've been noticing a couple patterns. Like I'm I'm just a human, right? So, but my my human brain is is noticing some patterns. <laughs> we, we haven't analyzed any of the data, of course, yet, but it's looking like uh, more two faction, you know, lists, obviously. Uh, there's people have been finding some success with some splashes, but it's usually just one splash. I, so I, I guess you might say it seems to be a, a two-faction format. I think a lot of people are saying that, but I, I'll, I've done some experimenting. I, I had a spicy list the other night where I was, uh, you know, I think base one color, but I was splashing, I think, for three colors. Mm-hmm. So it was a four-faction deck, and I mean, the fixing was there. I never got jammed up on any of the any of the faction requirements or my strategy may not have, you know, been the best in the end or powerful enough compared to what I was <laughs> running into. It's it's an interesting format because I think the fixing, you know, there's not great fixing in the sense that the insignias are uncommon. Right. But I think the evangels help a lot. I mean, even if it might be tough to play them if they're in your splash color, but the yeah. fact that they auto give you an influence i think 
could in the future allow a little bit more splashing than people are giving the format credit for. And also the fact that there's just so many dual color cards, like the fact Mm -hmm. that there's 10 dual color commons, 10 dual color uncommons, just makes me think that, you know, kind of what you just said, where if you stay in a base color and then kind of splash a little bit, you know, in your second and third, maybe even fourth color, you know, you can get away a little bit more and the cards are there to support that. I think I think what it's coming down to for me so far is just the extreme high variance of the middle packs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many cards available in the pool. So you don't like when you're playing your games, you can't you just never like you can you can narrow it down to like 30 cards. And so, you know, so the usual five as far as what to play around, it's pretty difficult. So yeah. I, I think that that raises the difficulty level just generally of the format. Um, but like when you're trying to build a synergy type deck, which packs one and four are like, hey, build a synergy deck. Then when you get to those middle packs, the pool is so big that you're just suffering sometimes from RNG of just the cards in the packs, whether any of that synergy actually comes together or not. And so I've been trying to do those synergy strategies a lot so far and been having medium success. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm still not totally sold on this new giant draft pack thing. I understand right. how- why they did it and i understand that it could be cool but part of me also just doesn't like the fact that it feels more rng you know and the fact that like some cards are weighted more but it's still Mm -hmm. not guaranteed and i know it would make it even more rng based but i'd almost like it nothing to be weighted well well as for my draft week i um i've finally been playing eternal again so that's been that's been great awesome um my first draft of the format, I think, was pretty insightful. I was I had a Combray list, and it was pretty medium, and I didn't have, like, a great way to win the game. It was a Combray list, and I splashed one card, and that was the seven-power Draconis dragon thing that mm-hmm. plays a Permafrost. And so my whole deck relied on just drawing that, and then hopefully my opponent not being able to deal with it. So... I had like a lot of pretty good like commons and stuff like a lot of Grodov's favored and a bunch of ramp cards to help me get to seven power. But every single game just ended in a board stall where we both had like 10, 12 units on board and no one could do nothing. And then it just involved me hoping I drew my Draconis and they couldn't answer it. And Mm -hmm. I think I've played that exact deck. Yeah. (laughs) And it just is like, it was, I, I haven't actually felt that in a, any of the previous formats where, where it was like so board stally. It almost made me appreciate, and I guess this is, this is a joke of sorts, but like the fact that there are cannons and stuff in the previous format and, and in this format, it turns out, you know, to help end those. Cause I just ended up in these like 28, 30 turn games where mm-hmm. no one could do anything. But then my next deck, which we're going to actually review in the draft, went a lot better. And I learned my lesson and I drafted a lot more flyers. And so far, I am 5 or 6-0 and with it. So Nice. So I'm pretty excited to, if we finish this early enough, to finish that up. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of decks in this format that I'm seeing do rely on a few swingy cards or a few, a few swingy effects between a combination of cards. 
Yes. And so if you can go the other way with your deck and have a consistent deck, <laughs> like you say, with just a bunch of decent static flyers or something along those lines, you might like <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the answer, but mm, you might be on to something. I just think I think one of the things maybe it's just I like time. So I, I always view things in the, from that perspective. But the mm-hmm. fact that Grodov's favored deals with an opponent's flyer and gums up the board. Yes. And there's a lot of those going around, obviously. I think it's a really format warping card um, for being a common. Unfortunately, you can't just win the game with only those, though. You need something yes. else. R- exactly. But I'm sure we've all fact- had medium decks with three, four of those. And we're like, how am I not just winning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I'm going to be interested to see how that sort of shakes out or whether as I get more drafts under my belt, I sort of change, you know, my views on the format change. But so far, that's been my initial impressions. Mm-hmm. All right. So now for announcements, this is the part where we thank all our patrons. So I'd like to thank all our patrons who help support the show. We really appreciate all the support. The show honestly couldn't be possible without without it. So I want to thank uh, Titus and Blossom, Parmalee, Tokut, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Marshall, Cassendrith, Jed the Hamred, Raven Dragon, Srich0215, Sunblaze, Work Done Sun, and Yistep. Thank you again for supporting the show. And then our only other announcement, we finally finished our handpicked draft tournament over on the Discord. For those of you who haven't participated, usually it's about once a month we have a, a tournament on Discord between usually, you know, five to 20 players sign up and we kind of, it's an asynchronous tournament where the rules have been changing every month and we have a new one planned, but it's a very casual tournament. It's very easy to play. If you're busy, you can just find time here and there. There's always someone on to get a game in and we do a round robin and the winner of this past tournament was Darth Herman. So you can see that he has a, his name is now in red for the month until we have a new tournament and someone takes his crown. But uh, congratulations to Darth Herman. And actually, hey, this is quite the coincidence that I hadn't thought of. He defeated you in the finals. Well played, Darth. Good games. Uh, yeah, he just steamrolled the entire competition with his Stone Scar aggro take on the format. It, it was great. I had so much fun. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Well played, Darth. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, what the format was is we called it handpicked draft. And so we were kind of trying to simulate the ultimate draft deck. And so it was a, it was a, const- a quote-unquote constructed format where you were allowed to play up to four rares, 12 uncommons, and then three of each common that you wanted to put in your deck. And then you could pay a little extra if you wanted to do duplicates. So it was really you could have four unique rares or if you wanted to double up, it took an extra an extra rare slot to do that. So you could um, kind of go in a more synergy direction or just a power level kind of direction with yes. just that alone. So it was cool. There was a lot of different decks. Um, John and I both sort of did a three merchant strategies. So we tried to build decks around a fourth rare that we put in our market. So we had three three weight chances to access it, as well as a few extra chances to get different uncommons and stuff. And uh, that obviously worked out pretty well for John. So 
making yeah. it to the semifinals. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we do have the next tournament sort of in the works. Uh, we've been switching them up each time, but I do I do encourage anyone who would like to play to join the Discord in the tournament discussion uh, chat room. They're very casual. They're very fun. And I know a tournament sounds like a big commitment, but we've we've we do it round robin. It's asynchronous, so you have two weeks to play out all of your games, and it's actually kind of fun to just like hop on to Eternal and then see some of the other competitors on there and just like send a message, be like, "Oh, hey, can you do your game now?" And usually they say yes, and then you just kind of slowly over the course of two weeks, or some people <laughs> manage to do it in like three days it seems but for me it's, it's also more... a great way to meet people yeah no it's actually that's one of my favorite parts is just this like is i have great. now all of these friends in my friends list and they're all people who i know are very excited about draft and like we have this common interest so it's been really great so now on to card of the week so john what's your card of the week uh so my card of the week is heretics cannon that's not in the format uh it's been cropping up and uh i think it's even on a few of our uh, seven win lists that we've been receiving uh for this new format um, uh, that can't it's... be true i've checked i checked the card list all right all right all right, all right. Let's, let's let's go for something else then if it's not if, if it's uh not doesn't really exist it's 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 the new it's the ghost of the format here all right yeah, so let's definitely don't play around it is no <laughs> It doesn't exist. All right, uh, nothing to see here. So no, no actual card of the week though. I think uh, let's let's talk about Razor Quill. It's a uh, four cost shadow, uh, two four dire beast. Uh, text is pay two and twist Razor Quill to deal one damage to the enemy player and gain one health. This is a, a fun card. It has some really fun combos in the uh, in the current draft format. It has an attachment such as uh, Warhorn that combos with it. It also has the new card. Mm-hmm. Uh, reconnaissance that combos with it. Um, I got yeah, Warhorn's just... also a new card. So would you like to? Just it is those really quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, Warhorn, I think four cost uh, and a fire, and it's just a two-two attachment uh, weapon. And uh, when the wielder deals damage to the enemy player, you draw, create, and draw a two-two vanilla oni. And then the other uh, card we're talking about is another new card, reconnaissance. Um, I don't have it up, but I think it's three. It's a yeah. two. It's a it's two, two shadow. Give one of your units plus two attack at unblockable this turn. Decimate when it hits the enemy player this turn. Draw the top card of their deck. So how does Razor Quill um, combo with these cards? Yes, I mean they sh- it's the the key text there when it when it, it deals damage to the enemy player, right? And so the text on Razor Quill says twist it to deal one damage to the enemy player. So this enables the text on both of these cards from the new set. Um, and it just does the thing. So, for example, um, someone the other night had plenty of extra power, a Razor Quill on board, and a uh, Reconnaissance. And they slapped Reconnaissance on there, decimated it, so that when it dealt the damage, it would take it would pilfer, basically, the top card off my deck. And they had enough uh, power to do it, I think, twice the first turn. Yeah, I think they'd already... Then- used it once so i mean it was a pretty substantially large razor quill right (laughs) and it it only got bigger when they twisted it it took the top two cards off my deck and then slapped me in the face for i think six and took another card off my deck 
And all I could do is sit there and go, that's a powerful, uh, powerful combination of effects there. Uh, nice, nice job. And then they yeah. just did, the, did it again to me the next turn, and I was completely wrecked. Yeah, and, you, you know, know very limited, impressive. Uh, draft is, is um, all about card advantage. So <laughs> you can draw a lot of cards with Razor Coil and Reconnaissance. So that is a pretty interesting combo, and it's all on the same color. So... You know, Razor Quill yeah. is now in the draft packs because it's from set six, and we don't know if it's sort of in that higher, the boosted occurrence rate. So I don't know actually how often you'll see Razor Quills, but this is a powerful combo. It's something you should look out for. And if you do, if you are able to pick up a Razor Quill and you're in shadow, you know, Reconnaissance, I think, should definitely move up in your pick order going into pack four. Absolutely. The only other two options of attachments that really have this ability, there's the Stone Scar Pickaxe, which is the four Stone Scar plus four plus two. And when that hits the enemy player, you create and you draw create and draw a one one grenadin. So not quite as exciting. Yeah, that's in the draft packs, isn't it? It is, yes. I think I passed one of those the other day. Oh (laughs) (laughs) but but this adds a. This will put you in three colors, but I think a really exciting one would be Sodi's Spell Shaper, which mm-hmm. is already an incredibly powerful card, and that will permanently allow you to twist and draw a card. <laughs> Seems good. Yeah, and play an equivocate. Why not? So, uh, Patrick, what's your card of the week? My card of the week is Zoltan Brushfang, which is the one-time one-two mastery two gain deadly. Mastery 4 gain plus 3 plus 3. And I'm just going to say that I am not, it turns out, a big fan of this card. I think the reason I'm so down on this card is because when I originally read it, I thought of it as a Sand Viper, which is the 2 time 1 2 deadly. Sound familiar? Um, and then ultimate pay 6 to give Sand Viper plus 2 plus 2. Now, Sand Viper, I think, is a really good card. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the key difference here is Sand Viper starts with Deadly. Z- it really Z- is. Yes. Zoltan Brushfang, though, you need to connect twice in some way to gain Deadly or do some pumping shenanigans. And I just, I just feel like it's a lot harder to get mastery on this card than a lot of the other mastery cards. I agree. That's the same experience I've been having with it um, so far. I think you really need to have a deck with some, you know, good mastery enablers and some other just synergy going on to make this a, a good card. I, I think at it's, you know, when you even on a good day without those enablers, you play it on turn one, you get in maybe that first hit for one, you still haven't made it deadly. Guess what? Right. Now they have a two, two or whatever on the board and it's never going to be deadly and you just have a one, two. That's part of my thing is because you look at this and then you're like, oh, well, turn one on the play, it's probably pretty good. But even turn one on the play, you're not guaranteed to get literally that. not. It's it's not even close to a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's just not it. it, it I, I don't want to say this card is just strictly bad, but you got to have some it needs some help, I think, to be good. I drafted one in this, my most recent draft deck, and I ended up cutting it, and 
uh, one of the comments on Discord by Tall Shark and Handsome was that he thought it was a pretty good card and mentioned on the play the fact that you could hit in. But it sort of in the course of our discussion, it really got made me think that maybe this card is best in Combre because I was like really racking my brain for what kind of deck I would want this card in. And, you know, Combre with having access to justice and a lot of justice's pumps, you know, if you give this thing plus three, plus three for a turn, it triggers both mastery triggers. So it gets deadly and plus three, plus three permanently. So now you've, you've almost turned your, your combat trick into a permanent buff. So I can see it working out there and a four or five deadly is actually a really tough card to deal with. That's a real threat. Yes. But no, an, an enabler for this card in time uh, that I've been seeing a lot of is uh, the ornamental daggers, mm-hmm. which gives it just the straight plus one, plus one, and you're not exactly down a card just by using one on there. I mean, it's still not great, but at least it's in the same color. Mm-hmm. Something to kind of look out for. That, that, that one I'm seeing a lot of in the draft packs too. Like, So it might be a higher... Uh, uh, instance card, possibly. Yeah. This is just pure conjecture, but and that's the one-one echo card, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's just a one-one yeah. weapon that you can slap on any unit, but you get two of them. Yeah. And there's there's some combos in there, especially if you're uh, you know yellow and blue, uh, where you can actually get more than one copy. Like uh, second side, I think, is in the format and mm-hmm. some things like that. So just, I mean, that's there, there are some enablers that aren't just justice, but again, you're you're doing a lot of work just to even get the deadly on there. Yeah, and um, the fact that this is uncommon, I think, I don't know, it's hard to know. I, maybe I'm just being rarity biased, but I really just feel like I want something a little bit more from my uncommons. Like, Sand Viper was a common and feels like a better card. Right, like this, I, I can't believe, looking at just the card text, that it's not a common, really. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, if if... I don't know. I'm sure it's for. I'm sure it's somebody thought about the balancing here. Like somebody way more qualified than I did. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sure there's some reason behind it, but seeing this one passed in a lot of my packs uh, pretty late. So I think I think people are are uh, onto it. All right. So let's move on to our seven win run breakdown. So uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a long-standing data collection project here at Farming Internal. Uh, we collect our listeners seven win drafts at farming eternal at gmail.com. Uh, so you could either mail them to us there or you can post them on our discord on the seven win run channel, uh, which is a great place to post them because people give a lot of feedback, a lot of congr- congratulations. So if you ever want to feel good, if you're feeling down, but you got seven wins in eternal, I think posting it there is a pretty good way to sort of brighten your spirits for the day. Um, and we accept those deck lists either in as an exported deck list through the client or any kind of Eternal War Cry link. And then we take all of this information from our awesome listeners, we compile it into a spreadsheet and do some data analysis on it to draw conclusions about the format. And then we use those conclusions to our listeners' benefit by sharing them on the show here. Yeah, and we have two different spreadsheets. We, we haven't quite gotten them ready for the new format, so I think this week we'll kind of finish them up. Uh, John Holio here is taking over sort of the data entry part of it, so I want to thank John Holio now oh, for my pleasure. doing that. That's been really awesome. 
because of that transition and the fact that we have a new format with giant draft packs that we have to sort of manually get ready, um, it's going to take us another week to sort of to get it all together. So we don't have any names to read, which is one of the other perks you get for sending in a list. But I'd like uh, everyone to tune in next week because we'll do both weeks. So yes, person on Reddit, we do have all three of your lists and we will read your name next week. So once again, sorry about that. Okay, and then finally, this is a draft that I did earlier this week and it's actually, I'm currently 5-0 with the deck. So Ooh. it turned out pretty well, but I'll be interested because actually this is one of the fun things about sort of screenshotting decks. You kind of, oftentimes I see a different deck that I could have gone into. And so it's always kind of an interesting exercise. And so, Pack one, pick one. Cards in contention, there is a Snapping Hydrangea, which is the two-time 5-5 five, five summon the enemy player plays four 1-1 one, one cultists. There is an Edict of Grodov, which is the three-time put an enemy unit or spell into its owner's hand. If it's a primal or shadow unit, put it at the bottom of their deck instead. There's the Justice Edict, which is a two-justice, Silence a unit. If it's fire or shadow, kill it. There is a swaying sea curin, which is the three time two four muster, create and draw a one one humbug with flying. And there's immortalize, which is the two shadow, draw a unit from your void, decimate, it gets exalted. And finally, there's the Linrai Evangel, which is the two shadow. Two primal, primal, two, two, overwhelm, fate, gain a primal influence. So what do you think of this pack, John? Um, there's a, there's a, definitely a few medium choices. Nothing just stands out as, hey, pick me, pack one, pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like that. Uh, I think there's a couple close ones. And two of them are particularly close since they're both edicts. Um, but with, I'm definitely not looking at the rare. It's funny because this was... Um... This was the pack one pick one of Ben's last, the draft we did last week, where we also skipped this as the rare. But in one of my games this week, someone actually did play a Snapping Hydrangea against me. And it was great for me. Because I was (laughs) really worried about dying. And then they gave me four chump blockers. Oh, thanks. And then I was like... Four turns? All right. Now I have all the time in the world to stabilize. Um, so this card is basically time walk for your opponent for four turns, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, not exactly, but <laughs> I think, kidding. you know, if you were to <clears throat> put a cannon on this, for example. Um, sure, sure. I, I can see, and like, it, I, I've seen somebody play this and then immediately, like, play a sweeper. Yeah. I forget if that was Malediction or... Um, like a primal deal damage sweeper, but I've, I've seen it happen on, I forget it was on somebody's stream or what, but I mean, there, there is some instances where it's not just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the, joking about it, but the problem is, I think even in those cases, like you feel clever, but like, what have you, <laughs> what have you like really accomplished? Because you've, you've spent two cards. Yeah. You to, basically two for one yourself, no matter what to play a five, five, and you've spent a lot of power because, like, the primal one is four power to play. Right. And then Malediction is three shadow shadow, but it's like a, you know, it's also a rare. 
Um, right. You know, at least malediction, <laughs> you're hopefully killing other stuff besides occultists. But if you're doing this with the primal, thinking like, oh, I can just clear their board after I play this, you know, you've spent six power to play a five, six power and two cards to play a five five. And is that actually doing it? And no. it's turn five now because you've just spent. Yeah. Or, there's you know, also, and, uh, you know, sax synergies, and then there's the poor man's obelisk that you might just be enabling. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of potential downside here. Yes. Um, so then, so we take that out of the equation. No, no. Yeah. So uh, I've seen this actually, this Calamity Oracle. Like, I have been destroyed by this with a mill deck. All right. So, yeah, I didn't mention the Calamity Oracle yet, but that is uh, three shadow, one three. When you play a curse, the enemy player discards the top five cards of the deck. Um, this is actually funny because I did want to talk about this card, but I didn't want to put it in cards of contention because I didn't mm -hmm. want you to be like, this is not a very good card, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have been destroyed by this card. Like, it, yeah. it does not take a lot for this to just shred through your deck. Yeah. Uh, but it's a build-around card, so it's a risky pack one, pick one. Yeah. And so you're one of the believers in the mill deck in this format. I have been milled multiple times already. Wow, yeah. Now, have... the one time I tried to build it, I got past, I think, five of those uh, crows that get bigger with milling. Yeah, I, th I think I literally had five of those. I did not get a single card that milled, not a single <laughs> card. So that's been my experience so far with it. But I have been on the other end and been absolutely destroyed. It is, a, it is actually possible to mill people in this format. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think I'd pack one, pick one that at this point. Like, I think I'd rather have some mill support going already and then just right. get one. But you can try something like that. But then you're just suffering from RNG before the draft even starts. <laughs> possibly so no i think i think i agree with you here um on the edict of choice here i, I think i i always like um teleport just mm -hmm. that effect it, as a fast spell i think it's a reasonable effect for three and a fast speed anyway and this one has potential upside of just straight killing something too yeah I think this is a i think this is a solid card and yeah and it can hit spells so. i think the, i think the edict of kadosh is a good card as well but i think just Power level, I think the the time one is probably just higher power level. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does cost one more, but I mean, we're in limited where that, that one power is not going to make as big of a difference right? Um, as the actual power level of the card. Yeah, and paying one power extra to make a spell a fast spell, I think, is sort of a standard rate. Right. And I highly me, value the speed of that, absolutely. And for me, I did pick the Edict of Grodov, and... Part of that was also just because I, I have a bias towards time. So if there's two cards that are pretty close in power level, I'll probably pick the time card. Um, I like to think I don't have just a color bias in this game. Maybe I do, but I don't think I do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just think that's just a, a more just a better effect than the uh, neighboring edict for sure. And then the other cards I'm looking at here are mostly time anyway. Like Vine Petal, I've seen do some work. Um, I'd pick that probably over C Kieran, but I'm also looking at Immortalize, not going to lie about that one. Um, but pack one, pick one, I think I'd rather go for the Edict of Grodov here. Yeah, Immortalize seems like it could be a very good card. Um, it is. You know, it's it's a slightly more expensive Dark Return, right, On its at its worst, which that's always been, I think, a, a, a good card. Mm -hmm. um, but this one has some, you know, high synergy upside as well yes. um, with the Decimate ability. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the exciting things about this card to me is because in one 
very, very generous sense. Um, you know, it's like, it's almost like a display of ambition where you're getting two units from your void. It can be. I mean, there's enough silence in the format, especially at common where yeah. you, sometimes you're going to get wrecked. Right. But the upside is there. And like at its worst, you're not down a card, right? You, you get the card out of your void. You get to play it. Yes. There's well, a lot that's of upside, the thing though. is even like getting quote unquote wrecked with it and having your exalted unit silenced. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you did pay the decimate cost, but unlike most of the exalted cards, like the card that you got out of your void is probably going to be an on rate card. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, unless you're going super deep on something, which, I mean, the example I have in head already has exalted, so it's probably not what you go for, but like that 2-1 flying for 5, Injustice. Right. I can't think of the name, but... Exactly. That'd be a particularly bad choice probably for this. I yes. Mean, I, 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 I tend to grab something more like a, a Grodov's Favor where it, just playing it, I'm already getting yeah. additional value off of it. Yeah, I will say is if you are so desperate as to get that 5 Justice 2-1 uh, flyer... Do not decimate because you can't double your exalted trigger. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The uh, hashtag misplay there. Yeah. But um, the other card that you did mention that I'm kind of surprised about is the Vine Petal Creeper. Because I yeah, just... Yeah, I've seen our uh, rank one farm uh, you know, specialist hats uh, do some crazy stuff with that card in particular in some of our matches on the ladder. Really? Um, and, and I've seen others do some stuff too, yeah. Um, you know, the whole, uh, killer exalted kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If you kind of, if you can chain some of those and then end up with one of them on that vine pedal creeper and then, Hey, maybe, maybe a little, uh, you know, safe return action on top of that. I mean, you just like six for one, the opponents, you know, on a dream scenario, but you can do some stuff here and this is just a solid body. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's moving up in the in the pick order for me for sure. Um, I, I I don't think it's necessarily pack one pick one in this case, but vine petal creeper for those of you who don't know um, is a five time four four muster plus four plus four and endurance this turn. Here's my question because here's how I play it out in my head. Right, mm-hmm. you're triggering the muster on your turn most likely at slow speed, so you're giving this plus four, plus four in endurance. So you're tacking in as an 8-8 eight, eight endurance unit, but that can just get chump blocked. Right. So and, like you want to, you, like I was saying with the killer um, yeah. synergy, right? You, you kind of, you can start with those one, one exalted units, you know, and give it killer and then maybe kill something in trade and then kind of pass it on to something. Maybe you're, you know, four, two overwhelm guy killer exalted again overwhelmed this time pass that on to your creeper well guess what now it's a what a 12 6 or 12 7 13 7 overwhelm killer right. no that's that's good but like but <laughs> at its base right on its face right so you, it's an 8 8 with endurance you attack yeah. it, it gets chump blocked and then it's then a 4 4 blocker right it's not with, great which is not great but, but it's kind of it's like okay Okay. At, at its at its base rate. No, I I I may be like hyping it up, but I've I've seen some some busted stuff happen to me. Like I've gotten pretty destroyed by by uh, these bipedal creepers. Surprisingly, would you take this over a swaying sea Karen? I think so because I think one one flyers are relatively plentiful in the format, and and muster is not the easiest thing to enable. On top of that, 
Right. Right. So, I mean, you might get one humbug, maybe two. You could also just pick up a humbug in the draft packs if you just like humbugs that much. I don't know. Like the effect isn't isn't like as powerful as some of the other muster payoffs, I think. Huh. Because I guess I just think is like if you take away the muster payoffs, you would rather have a three time two four than a five time four four. Yeah, like the base body of this thing is fine. Like, and the yeah. the humbugs are gravy. Like, but I don't know that it's a build around. You know, like you're not just yeah. forcing this muster. Like, oh, I must muster. But like this vine pedal kind of is more on that on that side of the equation, I guess. Like, it is. Right. But then as a pack one, pick one, I feel like <laughs> you'd rather take. I, I, I've already had some real bad pack one, pick one. So maybe I'm just uh, having <laughs> some flashbacks or whatever. I'm like, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking about this one right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's this... more like I've been blown out by this thing and I've just been kind of impressed um, yeah. on some All of the right. things well, it can a, do. That's a good thing to keep your eye from. Cause I actually ended up, I, I did end up picking one up and then cut it from this deck. Yeah, it's 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 definitely in the replacement level category, but yeah, it's it's in the it's on the build around side. Whereas like like you just mentioned, kind of seek here and is more just a playable three drop in time, regardless of any other synergies the deck might have. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we'll move to pack one, pick two, and this one is kind of interesting in lieu of our card of the week. Um, so cards in contention, there is a Zaltan Brushfang which is the one-time one-two, does not have deadly uh, unit that we mentioned earlier. There's a Perul's Choice, which is the two Huru. Draw a curse of your choice from your deck that you haven't played this game, or give one of your units plus one, plus one in Aegis. There is another Immortalize. There is an Elaz's Elite, which is the two Argent Port, one-four, Decimate abilities don't cost your maximum power. There's a Makar Evangel, which is the Shadow Evangel that has Quick Draw and Fate, uh, gain a shadow. There's Wretched Raven, which is the three Felm, one four, flying. When Wretched Raven attacks, the enemy player discards the top two cards of their deck. And then there's also a Warbrush Oni, which is the two fire, two one. Summon each unit and weapon in your hand gets plus one attack. So what would you take from this pack, do you think? Um, I'm looking at this Immortalize. You know, we've already had kind of the Brushfang discussion uh, in depth on this episode here. And uh, I, I understand this was your first draft. And so at first glance, Brushfang maybe? But no, I, I, having, having played with both of these cards, with and against, no, I'm, I'm in the Immortalize camp here. What do you think about any of these three dual-colored cards? Yeah, um, so I, I mentioned a, uh, a a mill deck where I had no no ways to mill. This would have been amazing there. Like this is a good way if you have like if you're not even necessarily trying to mill them out, but just have there's there's a few different cards that just the payoff is just milling in any given turn, right? So that that Raven is an enabler for that. Um, the Elite is just a good body, uh, one four, and the Decimate text on it is. It is relevant, especially if you can pick up, you know, five plus decimate cards that are that you're wanting to decimate. You know, they're they're both good and they're both kind of build around cards. They put you, you know, in those uh, color pairings, but Mm -hmm. that's where the synergies are. So it's not just, you know, draft suicide (laughs) or anything like that. And so is that one of the reasons like Immortalize goes up? It's a single color. It is. And and it's a splashable effect, right? Like even if you're not in 
shadow there's still a chance that you get there with playing and immortalize like it's just a powerful effect um one of in any deck where you have you know creatures that have an enter the ability t- type of effect or just very powerful creatures that you want to make sure you have access to or you know help ensure that anyway mm-hmm. I-, I think it's just proven itself to be a powerful effect and then it, with the decimate it can do some busted stuff too yes no that's true yeah so, so. like John was alluding to, I picked up the Zoltan Brushfang here, mm-hmm. um, and then John would take and immortalize. So I now have the Edict and the Brushfang in my pool. So now going into pack one, pick three, uh, cards in contention. There is an Elysian Banner. There's another Calamity Oracle. Um, there is a Living Mountain, which is the five fire, four, four. Give one of your other units plus two, plus two, and overwhelm this turn. There is a Wonderlust Kieran, which is the two Elysian, one, two, flying, muster, plus one, plus one. And there is a Nahid's Faithful, which is the one Xenon, two, one, lifesteal, summon. You may sacrifice another unit to give Nahid's Faithful plus two, plus two. So are there any cards calling out to you in this pack? Uh, There's a few possible choices. I mean, an Elysian Insignia. Uh, is definitely a possible choice. Um, there's some powerful s- splash cards in Primal um, that, you know, this would open up the possibility of splash. There's nothing just screaming at me, so that's why I'm already kind of thinking about that. Um, somebody could have already had a, a nice mill deck going. I know, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> right? Like, uh, this Wonderless Kieran, uh, I'm looking at this one. I have not actually gotten to draft one of these yet, but a 1-2 flyer with upside is probably, you know, it's definitely playable, possibly good. Um, I'm also looking at this Nahid's Faithful, especially since I just picked up um, a Shadow card as well. You know, having some... The Xenon, the I think, has a lot more of... Uh, the Xenon deck has a little more access to Sacrifice Fodder, and having a, you know, chunky one-drop what is it, a 4-3 four, four, lifesteal with a sacrifice is a pretty legitimate thing. It can trigger things like Exalted, right, at the time where you want for only one power. So it enables some powerful synergy and uh, effects in the format. So I'm considering that as well. Um, if you want to go big, I think the the mana ramping relic is also uh, a consideration. Mm-hmm, the wilderness um, refuge. Yeah. yeah, and I think Living Mountain is a consideration here as well for me. Um, I don't know. I, I, because I just grabbed that shadow card, I might go for the Nahid's faithful here. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's probably between that or the Kieran. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're now seeing a third pick, a calamity Oracle is not, I've already passed, you know, two nice ones. Like what I've been burned by, you know, this is a, the mill strategy. Like you just have to get there basically yeah. the whole time. So, uh, no, I'm just going to let somebody else have that mill deck in this pack. And so the card I took was Wonderlust Kieran, um, which is the two Legion 1-2 with flying and muster Mm -hmm. plus one plus one. Um, I kind of lean this direction instead of the Nahid's Faithful because I currently, you you know, you have a time and a shadow card. I have two time cards. And I lean towards the Kieran just because, like I mentioned earlier, um, in my first draft, I just felt like I the board just kept gubbing up and I didn't mm-hmm. have any flyers. So I kind of wanted to take some flyers early just to hopefully, you know, allow me to 
because I'm now I'm already going into a time deck, sort of. Hopefully, yeah, I think that's a reasonable pick. I I, I think it's probably you know uh, average or above average card, just yeah. generally speaking, and it has some definitely has some upside there. Yeah, unlike the Yeti Griffin Rider, which is right, the right below Primal one one. Flying Berserk Mastery 3, plus one, plus one. Mm-hmm. The Wonderlust Kieran can get multiple muster triggers and just grow. You know, so if you muster twice... It keeps it's, its plus one, absolutely. Yeah, it's a true. three, four. So, you know, there are there is some potential upside if you get into... Um, I like it. I, I think I, I, w- I want to try this card out. Now going into pick four, uh, cards in contention. There's the... In time, there's Aspirant's Robe, which is the one-time 1-1. One, one. Summon, create, and draw a 1-1 one, one Cultus. Spellcraft 4, play Patience. There is an Argent Port Insignia, if you happen to have any shadow cards. There is a Thundercrawl Raven, which is the 3 Primal 2-1 Flying. Mastery 6, draw a Curse of your choice from your deck. There is a Reconnaissance, which we talked about earlier. And a Cindermaw Tota, which is uh, a card we talked about last week, the 4 Fire 04. Your dragons and treasure troves cost one less. In Tomb, create and draw a 4 4 Cinder Dragon with flying. So, yeah, um, I, I'm looking at this Aspirant's Robes, and especially the way you're going, you know, Elysian is definitely the muster colors, right? So, yes. this one just has that on board. Um, you know, if you've got the mana available that turn or the power available. So I, I like that as a as a possible choice here. Um, I think the 2-1 flying, uh, what is that? Thunderclaw Raven? Yes. Um, is also something I'm looking at here. And as, as you just mentioned, Reconnaissance as well. Um, with that last pick I, I had in mind, um, the uh, Nahid's Nahid Faithful. Faithful. You know, yeah. I'm... I'm I'm looking more at the reconnaissance and the and the robes here than the flyer because of that. Um, right. The robes will be good in Xenon with some sacrifice synergy either way. And then the reconnaissance, I've just been getting higher on that card just as generally just a a good effect. It's funny because the 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 unblockable cards similar to reconnaissance, I have thought, felt underperformed from like my initial impression of them. And this one is the opposite. So I'm definitely thinking about reconnaissance here as well, but because I already ha- want to be sacrificing something, and I'm thinking about Xenon, and it's you know I'm probably going to see another reconnaissance or two. I'm I'm looking more at that uh, aspirant's robes here, I think. Yep, and that's actually what I took too with my uh, sort of burgeoning Elysian deck. Yeah, uh, I think if I was in your direction, I would be considering that Raven a little stronger as well. Yeah, that's what uh, that was sort of the interesting pick part of this pick for me is because it's like the aspirant's robe goes with my wonderlust kieran but a thunderclaw raven <laughs> you know <laughs> also, that could just so, kill somebody <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like i don't know but you know i was also i've been talking a lot about these muster decks and in the last two podcasts have been kind of very down on the concept mm-hmm. but i so i did want to give it a fair shake so i took the aspirant's robe here so as a reminder, I have a Zoltan Brushfang, a Wonderlust Kirin, an Aspirant's Robe, and an Edict of Grodov. And then going into pack one, pick five, cards mm-hmm. of contention. The only time card here is Unmake, which is the two-time kill an enemy attachment, decimate kill an additional enemy attachment. And then there are some very good shadow cards. There is a Felrock's Choice, 
which is kill a cursed unit and draw its curses from the void, or negate an enemy spell played on you or one of your enemies, then steal it and play it from your void. There's also an unkindness, which is at the end of the cursed player's turn, if you didn't if they didn't play a unit, sacrifice unkindness and play three one one ravens with flying. Um, there's also another Makar Evangel, uh, which is the Shadow Evangel, and then there's a couple good uh, fire cards in Warbrush Oni, and then the Warhorn that we mentioned previously. Actually, the card I took was the Makar Evangel. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I'm looking at probably the hardest here as well. Really? Because I feel like if I knew I was in Xenon, I don't. Maybe this is strange, but unkindness. Seems no, like... that's that. I that, that's the one I'm torn between. I yeah. I have been pleasantly. I, I thought unkindness was going to be like pretty decent. Uh, my initial evaluation, and I think it's been probably good every time I've played it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. I I, I like it a lot more when you're, um, when you have additional synergies, uh, such as um, sacrifice. It, it's not great to sacrifice the one one flyers, but it can come up yeah. um, and it as well as um, the, I think called blood of Makar shadow relic where when your units deal damage, they um, gain plus to attack. gain attack, right? Like I have just, I think I had two unkindnesses in one of those at one point and just, you know, a space, a couple turns, boom. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that's all. That's, that's a simple strategy, but I mean, it's, a, it's, it's outperformed. Uh, I, I'm definitely considering the unkindness here as well. Um, as the evangel but i mean a, a quick draw to to drop and the double shadow is is not an issue it's literally just it's more fix you know it's it's more fixing for like your four drop dragon that's double shadow than right in itself having that requirement right so i think both are good in xenon and both would be reasonable picks you know i I, th- I think i probably would um at this point in the draft if it was if if, if i was doing this live definitely take the unkindness um and whoever's whoever's dropping that mill deck from this pack just got hooked up again <laughs> with that for fall rook's choice i think that's that's a good one for them yeah or you know like there's two sort of cursed both the unkindness and fell rook's choice are both curse matters cards so you know i feel like there could possibly be a curse matters it just depends if you're trying to go like mill kill you with damage anyway or you know just kind of incidental yeah. mill powering up the deck kind of thing or if you're actually trying to mill them to win <laughs> yeah. right which so, would be better yeah so i didn't i didn't take the time card that just doesn't yeah i wouldn't like, i don't know I, I i i'm not really big on that just either I, i'm not surprised you didn't take that time card there yeah and even with all the exalted i still feel like main decking a uh, kill an enemy attachment we're not it is fast safe. though i think yeah. this is probably like having played about you know uh, not as much as i'd like to obviously but about a week worth of the format i think this is probably main deckable especially since it's fast speed you can like you know just wreck somebody in combat with it more mm-hmm. often than in other formats i saw somebody on discord mention ruin right this is kind of, this is the time version of ruin and you know in other formats i'm not even looking at ruin right but I can see their point on that being worth possibly it. Possibly good, definitely yeah. playable, but possibly even just a good card for for a deck, you know, in this format. There, you know, I I drafted a ton of what's uh, was it set? Uh, it was defiance with 
you know, the three color and the, uh, <laughs> the overwhelmed squirrel guy, right? Like, yeah, that was a weapon heavy format. And like this one, I thought at first was not, but it's kind it kind of is, you know, and with yeah. some of those curses as well, attachments are a big deal here. So, um, I'm looking more at that unmake now as, as the weeks gone by, but yeah, now, now that you've talked yourself into it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how this works. Right. That's why it's so great to talk about people, to talk about draft with people like, you yourself can get a new perspective just by talking to yourself. It's even better when you're talking to somebody else. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm still not quite there, but I think maybe in retrospect, I might have just like taken it just, I don't know, just in case. I don't know. I want to keep an open mind about something like this. Like, I want to try it. Yeah. I guess it's technically an easy card to theoretically try because you can just be like, would I wish I had an unmake in this situation? Yes or no? Even, <laughs> right. if, you, even if you didn't draft it, sort of. Um, all right. So next, um, this is pack one, pick six, cards in contention. There's another Swang Sea Kieran, a Wilderness Refuge, a Makar Evangel, and an Elaz's Elite. I took the Swang Sea Kieran here. It sort of fits my theme of staying heavy in time. Yeah, I think that's a good pickup for uh, for for where yours is shaping up right here. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty straightforward uh, pickup for the direction I'm going here with that Makar Evangel. Mm-hmm. Um, since I didn't pick up that last one, especially. <laughs> yeah, you know, two two quick draw is is an act like can be a real threat. It's not just a bear. Um, helps me if I if I continue into the shadow path with uh, you know splat not splashing but helping to play. I think it's called Nightmare Hellkite on time. Is that the the 4-3 dragon that can't block with mm. the double shadow. You know, just something to, just something I'm hoping towards at this point. Yes. Um, things like that, so. All yeah, right. I, I like your pick pick up there of the C Kieran. Yeah, so then uh, pack one, pick seven, uh, cards in contention. There is a Wonderlust Kieran and Elaz's Elite, Skycrag Insignia, Dragonforge, and some Rainfall Accord. So I took a sec... A second Wonderlust Kieran here. That's a standout pick here for your deck. Easy, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mostly mentioned it because I was just wondering, you know, <laughs> was there a, a universe where we just have like four Elaz's elite and then we just want to <laughs> play? I don't think I, I don't think so because we haven't been getting past any. I mean, there was the Immortalize, right? But I'm yeah. looking to, to draw strength like crazy. Yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm in that elite deck, right? No, I think that I think I'd even be picking up the Wonderless gear in here since I'm the insignia, you know, fixes for red and blue. Which I mean, maybe that would come up if, especially if that's what I'm getting past in packs two and three. But right now, I'm not heavy in shadow or anything. I'm definitely open to just being Elysian still. I think mm-hmm. Kieran looks like a solid pickup for me as well. Yeah. Okay, and then the final pick we're doing from this pack is pick eight and. Cards in contention here are Elysian, another Elysian Insignia, as well as a Grodov's Evangel, which is the Time Evangel. And so he, he, this is a thing that I've been having a little bit of trouble with, is, you know, I have two Wonderlust Kirins, so I am so far in Elysian Colors. So do I want to take the Insignia, or do I want to stay heavy weird, in time? Right? Because I'm mostly time cards besides for the Wonderlust, which is also time. And so does Grodov Evangel just like help me play all my cards? 
So I, I guess the question I'm asking myself in that case is, you know, do I have double time cards at four, five, and six that I want to play on time? Mm-hmm. I think that's that, where the Evangel comes in uh, best. Yeah, and the the Insignia can help with that exact same situation. If you're literally um, Elysian, it's a, it comes in ready to go too. It's not depleted, right? Right. So I'm I'm probably looking at that Insignia for your deck. Just with with those thoughts in mind, and I'm 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 considering it for mine as well since I just picked up my own uh, Wanderlust Kieran. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still I'm still open to to splashing, especially when there's a you know a primal card like uh, um, Changey Stick in the draft packs, for example, yeah. you know. Or uh, like uh, I mentioned, sort of in how my week was going, the Draco- the you know the seven power. Yeah, that's another good splash flyer. primal card, and that's in the other two packs. So uh, I, I'm probably looking at that insignia, but right, like I'm not. I don't think this Evangel is great at attacking, right? Um, no, I whereas the I, quick draw version is. Yes, no, I, I very rarely charge in this. <laughs> I'm charging in there. No, Grodov's <laughs> constructed. Yeah, I just can. I just think of it as like a a point of fixing, right? And so, but it's it's more for fixing if you're double time kind of along your curve. I feel like, and so if you if you have like uh, you know killer dinos on three, for example, that you want to make sure you have access to. Definitely mm-hmm. going to play, you know, or pick pick more highly some of these uh, growth of evangels. But I'm also looking at reconnaissance here. But I think, especially since I just picked up a, an Elysian card, I'm looking more at this insignia. That's sort of the discussion I was hoping we would have because I did pick the evangel, but I I didn't feel confident about that decision. So then uh, we close out pack one. The only other real card that I picked up, or I picked up a vine petal creeper late. Um, which kind of was on theme because I was thinking I was a muster deck having now four muster cards um, and then a reverberating strike in primal, but I'm not sure about that card just yet. (laughs) All right, and then uh, pack two, pick one. This is a very exciting pack. This is one of those exciting packs where you have a really tough choice between two great cards. So. Sure. The rare is Hunting Teriax, which is the 5 Elysian 5-3 Flying Ambush. And then there's also a Twin Brood Sauropod. Uh, I, I'm staring at this uh, Hunting Teriax for your deck, for sure. Um, and if you know, because I just picked up that Elysian banner, I think I'm looking at it for my deck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had, didn't pick up that banner and I had the Evangel instead, well, that double yellow is looking a little easier, and I'd probably go for the Sauropod. Yeah. Oh man, I, I totally lied. <laughs> I did pick up the Elysian Insignia. Oh, you did? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, look at it. It's right there. So nice. we were both on the Elysian Insignia. Nice. Yeah, I think this is, a, I think this Terriax, the power level is great. Um, a lot of times it's a two for one, right? You get to eat something and then start smashing them with a 5-3 flying beater. The fact that it was flying is what, what led me to eventually pick the Terriax because like I said, I felt like the boards got gummed up. So I think mm-hmm. Twin Brood Sauropod is a fantastic card um you know one of the best <laughs> uncommons in limited but the fact that the boards get so gun gummed up you know having one five four or two five fours feels like it doesn't matter as much as being able to go over people's heads yeah i agree i mean that's just the power level is just there like you don't need support for that one it's just good to go and then pack two, nothing really more interesting happened except for the fact that it showed that I definitely should be Elysian. I pack 
or pick three, I picked up a Shadowlands Border Scout, which is the four primal primal one two that draws you cards equal to its power. I That's usually up, good in limited, yeah. I picked up the uh, Terriax Hatchling, a two one flyer with Echo in Elysian. And then I picked up a pack or a pick eleven changey stick. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably I'd probably, you know, be in Elysian here, maybe splashing Shadow for that one immortalize or whatever, but yeah, I, I yeah. probably would have ended up in about the same deck as you, it sounds like. Yep. And then uh the only other really interesting pick, I think, and I don't know if it really is, is uh pack three pick one. There was a striking snake formation versus a lightning strike. So I, I, I remember you posting that one in the Discord, and I chimed in with a striking snake formation there, was my uh, opinion, um, <laughs> without having gone through this whole process with you. I, I, I've i just been seeing Killer just doing some absolutely busted stuff in this format, and that, that one, I believe, says give your whole squad Killer. Yes, it does. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I imagine, like... At, at that one's worst, I mean, you're going to have, like, a killer Grodov, which does more than four damage to a creature, which only does it when they attack with Lightning Strike. I, like, I, I'm thinking that's that's going to be strictly better in most situations Okay. Um, yeah. as far as power level. Yeah, I, I feel like I could imagine a worse situation than having a Grodov's favor on board. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just see that part every single game, it seems like, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that it's double time, it's five costs. So I think in a lot of board situations, and I guess I've been talking about how stalled the boards get, striking snake formation is fantastic. Um, so I, I guess my initial impression, and even when you had in the Discord, I wasn't looking so much at what you had built in the deck, right? So if you're going more just this win with good flyers, um, like, I, and I don't even know that you have that much to to gum up the board um, or big things that you want to have killer right now. I, I I can totally understand the lightning strike being better in most situations for for your current deck. I, I think when I said that, um, I was just you know, a hot take, like, oh, I've been way more high on Killer this format than any other format I've seen it in, and, you know, time tends to be a big booty, you know, yeah, <laughs> category. So I, just generally speaking, I think that's probably a good effect in, in, in most time decks, um, but yeah. No, if you're going, like, the, the flyer route, I could, I could see Lightning Strike just being a card you value more highly right now. I, I was thinking of the debate as, you know, Striking Snake Formation, way higher ceiling, Lightning right. Strike, I think, has a higher floor. But I actually also did take Striking Snake Formation. I was hoping to do this, like, the Killer Exalted thing that everyone has been yeah. talking about. Well, you, you didn't come out of pack one with any of those 1-1 one, one Exalteds or any of those? No, so. and I ended up not picking up any Exalted cards. Okay. But pack four, pick one, I did pick up the Elysian Rare, the Ilya and... Music, oh yeah, that which one it turns out killer. <laughs> is fantastic with killer. It's broken. I mean, that's a constructed thing right now for sure. Like every copy has killer. Just kill something else, and it's a six six. So I mean, that's that kills yeah. most things. Yeah, a six six for five. Yeah, it's um, already already looking pretty pretty solid there. <laughs> so I felt like I really was supposed to be an illusion since pack one picked one two great illusion rares. I got a Terriox hatchling. I got a whole bunch of Kierings. That's yeah, great so, when drafts come together like that, when you're like, man, am I in the right spot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of ended up with this, a lot of flyers. You know, we'll have a link to, to the deck list in the show notes, but 
I got about four or five ways to single card trigger muster. And so I ended up with the two Wonderlust Karens, a Green Stretch Empath, a Majestic Mandrake are sort of my muster cards. I cut, like I said, the the Creeper guy, the 4-4 four, four for 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't I, really have the synergies I'd look for to be... I do have three living examples somehow. You got, you know, the Shadowlands Border Scout and the uh, Green Stretch Empath there. So you got some card draw going on just there. So the deck has been uh, going pretty well so far. I'm, uh, like I nice. said, 5-0. and oh. So I think that uh, ends our show here. So thanks again to all our patrons for making the show a success. And uh, thank you, John, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I, I am so happy to be here. I, thank you for this opportunity. This was super fun. Hope yeah. to do it again sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. And so for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Join us in our Discord. There'll be a link in the show notes. And finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts. And don't forget to send all 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them in the Discord. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Bye.